which is found in the Pew Bible on page 1868, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. Hear the word of God. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of God for the people of God. I finished reading a book that I wanted to share the title of, not exactly sure who this might be for, but it's on leadership. And you may go, I'm not leading anything. This book's not for me. But leadership is not about position. Leadership is about influence. So my question is, who are you influencing? I didn't say good. But who are you influencing? That's leadership. So I finished this book. It's from James Hunter. It's called The Servant. And what it is, it's a story about a CEO of a large organization that walked out of his position to become a monk. So he goes to a monastery to find rest and peace. But at this monastery, they have people that come in for seminars or an extended weekend. And there's a businessman whose wife so desperately wants him to go to this weekend retreat at a monastery because God knows he needs it. So he goes, and when he goes as a businessman, he finds out that this CEO is a monk there. And he can't wait to talk to him so he can turn his business around. That's not what happens. His life changes. It's called the servant, James Hunter. If God puts it on your heart, please, please get it. There is hope. Title of the sermon. It's your sermon in a sentence. There is hope. Hope. Not meaning, man, I hope this comes to pass. and Not meaning, I hope I get my Red Ryder BB gun for Christmas. Right? One of my favorites. (laughs) I know. Right? That's why i got to do this. Everybody understands. But it's not that. 
It isn't, I hope, that is unfortunately and too often times filled with, I wonder, doubt, worry. That's not what hope is that the Bible talks about. Hope is a belief that a promise or promises that God has given to you will come to pass. That it will. It's understanding and again believing God has not lied, but that you can count on Him. The word hope throughout Scripture is based upon a promise. The, new, the people of the New Testament knew that. They knew it. As a matter of fact, that's all they had. Question, has anybody watched or seen the internet series called The Chosen? The Chosen. It is a... They're working on season two, but it is a, a story of the life of Christ. And it's from his birth to calling the twelve disciples, thus the chosen ones. <clears throat> but it's a story about that. It's excellent. Absolutely excellent. <clears throat> and, and you get, in watching that, you get the understanding of the, the people of the New Testament and, and where they were. Now keep in mind, the time between God stopped, when He stopped speaking to His people and the time that Christ came was 400 years. That's a long time. Waiting to hear. And so, during this time, this 400-year period, a lot has taken place. A lot happens. But they need something to hold on to. Because they knew who they were. They celebrate the feasts every year, reminding themselves of who they are, where they came from. But what's happening around them is nothing what the Old Testament said. So they needed hope. Again, 400 years. So they go back into the Old Testament. And here's some of the things that they hear the priests say. Here's some of the things that they're taught to believe. Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatest of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Because the zeal of the Lord Almighty Will accomplish, miss, will accomplish this. They believed that there was a coming Messiah. Keep in mind, as Jews, 
they were required to keep 613 laws. Now, I would venture to say, if you want to become a member of our church, here's a list of 613 laws that you have to follow. Please have them memorized by next Sunday so we can have your confirmation up here and you can join our church. Who's in? Right? Mm -mm. But they were required to keep them. At this time, during the New Testament, when the Messiah came, they had been overtaken by the Romans. They lived under Roman law politically and the Old Testament law spiritually. Okay. Spiritually and religiously, there's 613 laws that they had to follow, plus what the Romans gave them. They lived oppressed lives. They were taxed more than they should have been. They were politically handcuffed, and they didn't have a leader to help them be freed. This is what they saw in their everyday lives. But they believed their God, the creator of all things, the one who had promised a deliverer, the one who would not lie, that the Messiah would come to free them. In this TV series of The Chosen, they play all this out, and you watch it happen. Their hope wasn't, oh, I hope he's coming. Their hope was an understanding that he is coming. It wasn't if he's coming, it's when. And you know what? We find ourselves in that state a lot, don't we? We need freedom. We need delivered from the situation that we're in, no matter what it is. It could be something as hard and difficult as making a decision that affects life. It could be as simple as dealing with a coworker that just makes it hard to work with. It could be, do I go get groceries tonight or tomorrow? God doesn't see things as we see them. Let that sink in because we're going to get to that in a little bit. God doesn't see things the way we see them. But he invites us to see them the way he sees them. God keeps his promises. Church, he does. What I find that I run into personally is that I don't know them all. And when I don't know what he has promised me, it puts me in a very difficult place mentally because I feel lost. I search my own mind to try to figure out what's the best way to handle something or the best way to do something. And then I come to find out after spending time in his word 
that there's a promise that goes with my worry. There's a promise that matches up to my fear. And it's already been answered. I know that in Advent, we're reading out of Hebrews. It's a little different. But the passage that we read has everything to do with who God is. That He's not a liar. That He has promises for us. God keeps those promises. And it's our job to be waiting in faith. Faith. Not, oh, I hope so, but faith. That is solid, that is strong. That I can believe. That I can watch come to pass. Jesus came at a point in time when he wasn't expected, but he was expected. It surprised them, but they were waiting in expectation. In truth and in biblical hope, firm belief that there was a Messiah coming. Now their thought was, because of Isaiah, that Jesus was coming forth and bringing his government with him. And all the Roman stuff that, we're gonna, that they were dealing with at that time was going to get wiped out. And Jesus was going to sit on the throne, King David's throne, and he was going to rule. And all the junk that the Romans had put down on the Jewish people, the tables were going to turn, and then it's their turn to tax the Romans. Do you remember when I said that God doesn't see things the way we see them sometimes? Well, that's not what happened, is it? The one coming that was going to have a new government and sit on the throne of David was born in a manger. The great king of the universe that was going to save and deliver his people served them, loved them, not from the top down, but from the bottom up. So the promises that God gives us, that He will be with us, that He will make all things new, that He will save us, that He will deliver us. Your delivery may not be what you think it looks like. And that's okay. I think most of us have walked through situations that, well, that's not kind of, I didn't expect it to work out that way, or I didn't really expect this. But looking at it from that standpoint, you look back into your situation and you go, you know what, that was the best thing. I'm not saying I liked it. I'm not saying I enjoyed it. Didn't necessarily like the process. But the end, that's what God sees. That's where he's taking us. And sometimes there's a refiner's fire we walk through. In church, it's okay. Let it happen. But there is deliverance. His promises are always fulfilled. 
one way that we can trust that is that God knows, doesn't he? God knows. Sometimes we don't like that and sometimes we don't want to trust it, but he does. And the passage in Hebrews out of verse 19 talks about that. So, you know, whatever you're facing, there is hope. There is something solid that you can hold on to, and there is something strong and solid that is holding on to you. Because we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Hebrews 6.19 Firm and secure, the Bible says. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. You know what that means? It's speaking back into the Old Testament. The inner sanctuary is the place where they go from the outer courts into where the Spirit of God was. Behind the curtain, it goes. goes on in that verse talking about our forerunner, Jesus, who has entered in behind the curtain on our behalf. For you, for what you're dealing with, for what you're facing. For the issues that you have on your heart. For the fear and the worry that has crashed down on you. Your deliverer, the Son of God, has gone behind the curtain to talk to God Almighty about you. So He knows what's going on. He knows what you're facing. And the Bible tells us, because of that, there is an anchor that you have. Firm, strong, secure. Well, God, I don't know how to deal with this situation and circumstance. And you know what? Meet with Him because He knows. He's already talked to God about it. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that when we don't even know what to say, that the Holy Spirit speaks to God on our behalf. So here you have the Trinity talking about you and your circumstance and your worry and the thing that has frightened you. And out of all of that comes a promise for you. And it's in here. Oftentimes my fear is based on things that I don't know. And one of those things that I don't know is, what's the promise that matches my fear? What's the promise that comes alongside and defeats my worry? The promises that God has given to us are just as alive today as He is. Learn them. Know what they are. Because in those promises is the hope that we need. As I've dealt with different things in my life, different struggles and all that I have faced, there was something that the Lord brought to me years ago. And in my time of to be very honest, complaining to God about all these different struggles and everything that I've had. I can remember asking him, where were you? Where were you 
There's a promise in Scripture that God will never leave us, right? Or forsake us. He's there. He's in it with us. And he has a different perspective oftentimes of those, which I mentioned earlier. So ask him, God, how do you see this? How do you see this? And help me see it through your eyes. And help me walk through it. Learn and know what his promises are. They're faithful and true. He does not lie. And see things the way God sees them. Just ask him to let you see it. And ask you to walk you. Ask him to walk you through it. Hope. There is hope. The one who came, fulfilled promises, brought deliverance, salvation, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord of glory, the author and the finisher of our faith, the bright and morning star. The one they call Chief Shepherd and Prince of Peace. The Redeemer, Emmanuel, God is with us. Savior, the resurrection and the life, the Holy One of God. The Tree of Life, the one who was, is, and is to come. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord of all, Lamb of God. Jesus came for you. And he came, came to bring you hope. Hope. Not I wish. Not I wonder. Hope that what he says is true. The anchor holds. It is firm and it is secure no matter what you're facing, no matter how difficult it may be. But hope was sent for you. Father, Lord God, I love you. God, we love you. For all the things that you have done, for all of the promises that you have given, the blessings that you have bestowed upon us from the very throne room of heaven. Lord, I pray that our hearts and our minds and our arms are open to receive all of those things. Father, I pray that the difficulties that we are facing, the challenges that are before us, the hurts and the pains that are so real, God, may you match them up to the promises that you've given us. And Father God, I ask you to please just open up our eyes and our hearts to see things the way that you see them. As difficult as it may be, God, I ask for such an abundance of grace and peace and comfort to flood our souls. Father, I ask you to send it like the rain, that it soaks us. And God, that you walk us through the difficulties, the valleys. Father, the challenges that we face. Lord, may we hold on to the anchor. 
May we understand that even in this season, the coming of Christ, the hope that comes with it. Father, that you would allow us to even better understand how the disciples saw this promise, the promised Messiah, enter into their lives. Father, I pray that we see the same. That we understand that the Messiah that has come is alive and that He is speaking to you on our behalves. That, that His Spirit resides within us. That the coming Messiah that the disciples saw, the same Spirit of Jesus, lives in us today. Father, teach us to love you even more. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.